The Marie Kondo craze has swept the nation with her new show on Netflix, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, was a New York Times bestseller years ago. And now, of course, the sales have picked back up. And you have just seen everybody everywhere talking about purging and getting rid of all the things that don't spark joy. Since Marie Kondo's show came out right at the beginning of 2019, it kind of fell perfectly in line with people and their New Year's resolutions. And so everyone and their second cousin is just purging anything and everything that doesn't, quote, you know, spark joy. Purging and becoming more minimalist is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I am all for purging. I love a good purge. I actually purge now as a way of almost kind of being like a sense of therapy. It's, it's almost like a sense of therapy for me. But here's the thing that I want to caution you. It's what you do with those things that don't spark joy that matters and how you change your habits after purging that matters. Welcome to episode 130 of the Business with Purpose podcast. I am your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, small businesses, and entrepreneurs that are changing the world. Each week, I interview a unique person who is making a difference not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal with this show is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. So this week is a solo episode because we have solo episodes every 10 episodes. And I wanted to just talk with you guys about the Marie Kondo trend because it's everywhere. And I have gotten a lot of questions from listeners on what do you do with all that stuff that doesn't spark joy? So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I hope this episode is helpful. I'm going to try to give you as many resources as I can, but just know that I am not an expert, but I did spend some time doing as much research for this episode as I could, Um, but I'm only one human and this is a ever-changing arena. And so I want to just do the best I can to equip you with the information and resources so that you can make the best decision possible. Okay, so we're just going to first talk a few basic statistics. Now, I always get the what are your sources? What are your sources? So most of my sources for these statistics come from the EPA, Greenpeace, articles found in the New York Times. Um, There's an amazing organization that I've talked about on this podcast before called Fashion Revolution, and they have an entire team that does research. So my statistics are compiled from those sources. So first, more than 15 million tons of used textile waste is generated each year in the United States. The amount has doubled over the last 20 years. In 2014, over 16 million tons of textile waste was generated, according to the EPA. But of this amount, 2.62 million tons were recycled, 3.14 million tons were combusted for energy recovery, and 10.46 million tons were sent to the landfill. An average American throws away approximately 80 pounds of used clothing per person annually. Annually. The average American throws away 80 pounds of used clothing annually. Nine-tenths of all solid waste. So that's that it's including waste other than just textile waste. Nine-tenths in the United States does not get recycled. Now, landfills are among the biggest contributors to soil pollution. Roughly 80% of the items buried in landfills right now could have been recycled. 
Synthetic clothing, so that's clothing made up of materials basically other than like cotton, hemp, bamboo. So anything that's a polyester blend, things like that. Synthetic clothing can take hundreds of years to decompose. Another thing that you may not know, nearly 100% of textiles and clothing are recyclable in some way, shape, or form. However, 85% of used textiles still go to national landfills. And this is really interesting. If the average life of clothing was extended by just three months, just three months, so that shirt that you bought that one time at Forever 21 and you wore it to that thing and then it's just hung in your closet and you don't really wear it and then you decide to just get rid of it. Or maybe you bought a shirt back in the fall and you decide all of a sudden that you don't like it. If you extended the life of that shirt by just three months, it would reduce by five to 10% the carbon and water footprints, as well as waste generation. The recycling of 2 million tons of clothing per year can equate to taking 1 million cars off of U.S. streets. That's insane. That's insane. Look, I want to just go ahead and say I'm not your typical tree-hugging, like zero-waste person. I do the best I can, but the more that I have begun to really dive into this issue of taking care of our planet and recycling and not being wasteful, it's not about being a, you know, crazy, like, Greenpeace, uh, like, I don't know, setting fire to things. I don't know. Do they set fire to things? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But you, you, you get you get what I'm going for. The thing is, is that I, I'm not one of those people. But what I do care about is being a good steward of the planet that we have been given. I, as you guys know, I am a believer. And as a Christian, I feel a very strong calling to take to be a good steward of the thing that God has given us. And if God has given us this planet to take care of, then we need to be a good steward of those resources. And so if we have been given things in our lives, whether it is money or time or treasures or talents, whatever it is, I believe in being a good steward of those things. So if we're going to be a good steward of the things that we've been given, if we're going to be be a good steward of our planet, we need to take care of it. And so now that that's, like I said before, that this Marie Kondo trend has completely overtaken our culture and everybody is purging the things that don't spark joy, there becomes a problem because what happens is, is everybody gets rid of all the things that don't spark joy. They throw them in a bag and then they either put them in the trash or they take them to goodwill. 90% of the time, that is what happens. I have seen countless articles, like so many that I can't even point out a particular one because there are so many about how thrift stores and consignment shops are overflowing right now after the influx of items that people have donated because they've been watching Marie Kondo or reading her book. Now, again, it is not a bad thing to purge. It's not a bad thing to live a minimalist lifestyle. I think that is were a worthy cause and a worthy pursuit. However, when you get rid of stuff and when you get rid of those things that don't spark joy, what you do with those things does matter. It has a lasting impact. I know that sometimes we can sort of take on this out of sight, out of mind mentality. And so all of a sudden we put these things in a bag, we get rid of them and they no longer exist. That's not how it works. (laughs) They don't just poof, disappear into thin air. These items are still around. They still exist. And it's important for us to know how to dispose of them properly. So what do you do? What do you do with all that information? What do we do with all the stuff that that Marie Kondo stuff that doesn't spark joy? 
Okay, I'm going to break this down into a couple of categories since if you are on the Marie Kondo trend, you're you're likely not purging just clothes. Okay, so I'm going to talk clothing and shoes. We're going to talk furniture and home goods and then uh, like papers, books, memorabilia, things like that. So I'm going to break it down into those categories. Okay, first, clothes. What do you do with those clothes in your closet that no longer spark joy? First, now, some people are going to disagree with me on this, and they would be wrong. I'm just kidding. Um, This is my opinion, but here's why this is my opinion, and I'm going to back it up. I am of the opinion that your first stop when you are getting rid of clothing should not be Goodwill or a local thrift shop when you're getting rid of clothing. Here's why. If an item is still wearable, so it doesn't have any stains, rips, or tears like that aren't intentional, uh, it's, it's still in good wearable condition, sell it or consign it first. Use services like ThreadUp, Poshmark, Relove, that's R-E-L-O-V-V, and We Evolve, I had them on the podcast, uh, Schoola, S-C-H-O-O-L-A, Silk Roll, I also had them on the podcast. Those are all online opportunities to sell your clothing um, or get rid of your clothing. Uh, local buy-sell pages. If you're on Facebook, um, like here in the Durham area, we have incredible local buy-sell pages that I'm able to post items. I can then use something called Porch Pickup where somebody wants to buy them and I can literally put them in a bag, set them on my porch. Somebody pays me through PayPal. They come and pick it up at their convenient time. Um, Local consignment shops. Sell it first. Now, why? Why would you want to sell it first rather than donate it? People who will buy it from you are going to value it more and it will likely get more life out of that item of clothing. And you get to make some money. But here's the thing. When you are selling an item and somebody buys it from you, they are paying money for it from you because they want to wear it. (laughs) If you donate it to Goodwill or a thrift shop, you have no idea what is going to actually happen to that item. It could get put on a rack and it could get sold in the store, but it also could sit there or it could get sent away to a developing nation where it is also going to sit there in a landfill. I have told this story on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Back in 2017, I went on my third trip to Kenya and I got to visit the Dandora Dump. The Dandora Dump is um, the largest landfill in East Africa, might even be the largest landfill in Africa. Um, It was a life-changing experience for me. As far as the eye could see was waste. Everything from clothing to the little containers that you see uh, like pills are in to baby dolls to shoes to I mean, I saw it all. And in that dump were hundreds, if not thousands of people scavenging through that dump to try and find things that they could then save and, and resell to make money. People earn a living by finding things inside of the dump. Now, obviously, that's not as much of an issue here in the United States as it is in developing nations, but it is a known fact that the majority of the clothing that we are, quote, donating here in the United States ends up just getting packaged up and sent off to to third world nations. And what happens is, is then they become overwhelmed with our secondhand goods. That's a whole nother podcast for another day. 
But the thing is, is that I believe donating clothing is a good and righteous and important thing if done correctly. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But I am of the opinion that if you are getting rid of clothing and it is still wearable, sell it first sell it first or try to try to sell it through some type of online platform or a local platform sell it because it will get more life the more that you can extend the life of an article of clothing the better now if you can't sell it and it is still in good condition and wear- wearable so say for some reason you can't sell it to um, any of the the places i mentioned above or even like a plato's closet or clothes mentor anything like that Donate it to a specific organization that can use it. So, for example, if it's workwear, see if there is a chapter of Dress for Success near you. Dress for Success helps to outfit women who are coming out of vulnerable situations who need professional workwear for jobs or interviews, things like that. Um, you can find a reputable local shelter or ministry that can actually use the items. There are some amazing ministries here in Central North Carolina that will create a list of items specifically that they need. But please don't just donate it to Goodwill because you think that that's what it's supposed to do, um, what, what you're supposed to do. So much of what is donated to Goodwill just, again, it ends up getting shipped to developing nations. So, again, first, if you can, sell it. If you can't sell it, donate it to a specific organization. Donate it wisely. Now, ladies, for intimates that are still in good condition, uh, you can actually donate them to stores like uh, bra stores like Soma Intimates or uh, the online retailer um, Harper Wild will actually send you a label to send in your old bras once you purchase new bras from them. So there are quite a few stores like that that will take well-loved but still wearable bras and underwear, things like that, um, and use them uh, to either recycle recycle them in some way or even use them to bless some women who are at a shelter of some kind. So they're just great organizations like that. Um, Another thing is stores like Madewell will actually accept old jeans. So you can take your jeans to Madewell. They'll recycle them there. And you can get a discount on the purchase of new jeans. And hey, Madewell actually has a new fair trade denim line. Um, H&M also has recycling, textile recycling drops in their stores. Shoes. Local running stores will often take old shoes for recycling. Uh, For my listeners here in Central North Carolina, Bull City Running um, has an amazing shoe recycling program. So just all you have to do sometimes is, is ask. Take that extra step to just ask. And last but not least, anything that can't be sold or donated, please don't throw it in the trash. Please don't just throw it in a bag. Recycle it. Again, like I said earlier in the show, a hun- nearly 100% of textiles can be recycled in some way. Old shirts, turn them into a quilt. Like all those shirts from college or high school, turn them into a t-shirt quilt. Or, you know, cut them up and use them as dish rags or use them as napkins or use them as car washing rags. Whatever it is, you can recycle it in some way, shape, or form. Many cities also now have a textile recycling program. So like a simple Google search with your city will find out if they have a textile recycling program. Or if your city doesn't, there might be one in a neighboring city. Here in Durham, we actually have a few drop centers for textile recycling. There's a few places you can just go and you can take your, your textile 
textiles to be recycled. And what happens is then they they blend them up and then they turn them into new materials that can be then recycled and remade into new items. There are even some companies that you can order a bag uh, or like have a bag sent and you can have your old textiles shipped to them to recycle. So whatever you can, sell it, donate it wisely, find organizations that will collect it, recycle it. And as your last ditch effort, if you can't do any of those things above, then you can throw it away. I give you permission to throw away if you have exhausted all of your options before that. Okay, the next category is furniture and home goods. These are actually pretty easy, um, but if you have furniture um, or home goods that you are trying to get rid of that maybe just aren't your style anymore or whatever, there are a few great ways to get rid of that. Obviously, there's good old faithful like Craigslist or the Facebook Marketplace, um, but a couple things that maybe you haven't thought about before. Most major cities have a Habitat for Humanity store. We have quite a few here in North Carolina. I know that they are all over the country, but Habitat for Humanity will actually take everything from old furniture to old bikes to, I've seen them have, they have old appliances, they have old fixtures, they have everything from lights to, I've seen pianos, I have seen books and movies and uh, home decor, Habitat for Humanity will take a lot. So if if the item is even a little bit on the larger side, they'll come and pick it up for you for free. So see if you have a Habitat for Humanity store in your area um, or in a nearby city. Now, if you have some really unique pieces, so maybe you have a unique piece of furniture or an antique vase, or you have um, you know, something that's been in your family a long time, but you just don't really like it or you don't really use it anymore, there's actually an online consignment shop called Cherish, and it's spelled C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H, Cherish.com. Um, this is a great place to buy used home decor, but you can also consign your unique pieces. They have millions of shoppers, and it is a really great way to consign your really unique home decor online. So if you have those pieces that were really in style a few years ago, and it just doesn't spark joy for you anymore, I bet you it'll spark joy for somebody else. So those are three great resources, obviously like the Craigslist, buy, sell pages, yard sales, um, Facebook marketplace, and then you got your Habitat for Humanity, and then an online consignment shop like Cherish. Okay, papers, books, memorabilia. Obviously, paper is recyclable. Any kind of paper is recyclable. So if you are cleaning out your desk and you've got all kinds of old papers lying around, don't throw them in the trash. They're recyclable. Just throw them in the recycling. Um, You would be surprised how many people I see just throw away paper. Paper is recyclable. It's like one of the most recyclable things, you know, ever. It's like the OG of recyclable items. So donate those or recycle those old papers. If you're cleaning out books or any type of, you know, like I even found old textbooks from college, you can donate them. Donate them to a local school. Donate them to your library. There are tons of different places that you can donate things. Um, memorabilia. Now, if it's a something that might be a little historical, but you're not really sure what to do with it, contact local universities, contact local libraries, contact local museums. Um, a lot of times, like small towns will have, you know, a museum that features things from that small town. So maybe you can donate those items to that to that museum. Maybe um, you can donate the items to a bigger museum if it's something that's more specific. For example, I have a lot of items from the Vietnam War because my mom was a nurse in the Vietnam War. 
more. So I've contacted some local museums that I think would like to display her items that I just don't necessarily really know what to do with, but I know they need to be preserved. There's also amazing places here in Durham, we've got a place called the Scrap Exchange, um, where my in-laws live in Western North Carolina. They have a place called the Resource Warehouse. There's lots of these different types of places around. So it might take a little Google search, but it's a place that'll collect kind of your random stuff. So they'll take old buttons, old zippers, old cups, uh, like pieces of glass. Like they'll just collect random things because what they'll do is they'll remake or recycle those things into different types of art. They'll make them into, you know, sculptures, whatever. They'll kind of just take your old scraps. That's why the place here in Durham is called the Scrap Exchange. And uh, in Western North Carolina, it's called the Resource Warehouse. So they just will take your old stuff. So if you kind of put that stuff aside, you can donate it to a place like that. And lastly, when in doubt. So maybe you have exhausted all the options above, but you've, you've got something that you really don't think is trash and there's something somebody can use it. Google it. I realize that this is sounding overly simplistic, but just Google it. If you have something you don't know how to get rid of properly, Google it. I bet you, I bet you somebody out there knows how to get rid of it. And then when all of this is said and done and you have purged your home from the things that no longer spark joy, you've purged your home from the things that no longer spark joy, change your buying habits. Don't just purge for the sake of purging and then never change your buying habits. And so you just accumulate more stuff that then next year you will purge because it no longer sparks joy. When you go to buy something, ask yourself, am I going to actually like this thing next month? Am I going to like this thing a year from now? Am I going to like this thing five years from now? Think about it. This has completely changed the way that I purchase things because now I will stop and I will ask myself, is this something I actually like? Will I actually use it? It's completely changed everything for me. Again, it might sound like a really simple question, but it's a really important one because so often we, you know, there's always the the talk about we go into Target and then all of a sudden we walk out and $100 later, we don't know what we bought. It's those impulse purchases that can really begin to add up and cause clutter in our lives, both mental, spiritual, physical, emotional clutter. So by decluttering those things and being more intentional about the purchases that we are making going forward, that is what can really change what sparks joy in your life. As always, I will have resources on my blog, links to some of these things in the show notes, and I hope this episode was helpful. Please, please, please share this episode with a friend. If you know somebody who's going through the Marie Kondo thing, send this to them. I just, I really want this to be an encouragement to you just to be thoughtful in how you're purging things that don't spark joy. And again, I'm all about the Marie Kondo trend. I'm all about purging. I just want us to do it wisely so we can be good stewards of the things that we've been given and good stewards of our planet. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you are a regular listener of the show, thank you. Your support week in and week out means so much to me. And if you are a new listener, so if somebody sent this to you or this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome. You have to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible interviews with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, some solo episodes from yours truly. And I just hope that this podcast has become a resource of encouragement and information for you. So be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed 
clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And if you would take a moment to leave a review of the show on iTunes, that would help me to know what you're liking and how this show is personally impacting you. As always, my executive producer husband is John Stillman, and the music this week is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Now, go do something good with purpose on purpose.